The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Five, we'll say on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News, a Thursday edition, which of course uh, typically means Gord Stanky joins us in studio. There he is. How are you doing? Uh, you know, pretty Happy good. New Year, belated a little, but yeah. you can still say that, can't you? To you as well. I think you can say it all year if you want to. Well, if you want to. It's a free country. You can say Merry Christmas in July if you That's want right. to. That's right. Well, Happy New Year. Happy you New Year to you too. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. Well, did you? I did. Okay. I mean, I'm glad to come back to work. Because uh, I seem to be catching up on sleep, and I don't feel like it's happy hour right now. Right. But that's good. I've got a theory, though, on media and vacation. Mm-hmm. And you and know I always... media and vacation? Or yes, media every... and vacation. Okay. Media members and vacation. <laughs> and I always say to you, Gordon, to others, that I, don't, I do not consider myself a member of the media. I just don't. Well, I you can... should, but... You well, know. I consider myself a comedian that somehow got stuck in a job doing radio, so... Right, but you're still in the information biz. I guess. I'm, I feel like I'm in an escape room. I just haven't figured out how to get out. <laughs> but I have this theory um, that media tends to take their vacation at Christmas, not because um, they specifically want to spend time with family and friends, although that's a benefit of taking it then. Yeah, for sure. But they do it because it's so hard to cover news during Christmas and well, those first days yeah, because there isn't any news. There's nothing going on. Yeah. So you're just sitting there sort of reading wire copy right. over and over to yourself. Or regurgitating and stories. Plus, and Do you think anybody's watching? I mean, you've got family that's and friends the other in your thing. kitchen and, and grandma's making turkey soup. Yeah. And, you know, somebody else is making the dressing. The TV might be on, but there's no way the sound's on. Because <laughs> the only comments <laughs> I'll get is like, where did you get that tie? Yeah. And I know they're not listening to a word I'm saying because the TV's off. Well, here's my uh, here's my thing on uh, And I, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. So I never take any time at Christmas ever, and mainly because I have none left. So you're it, working Christmas Eve? Yeah, work Christmas yeah. Eve, work typically New Year's Eve, although we didn't this year. I was surprised, yeah. pleasantly so. Um, but I always, you know, Jalen always takes whatever time, which is great. I'm glad she gets rid of it over Christmas and yeah, New burns Year's. Burns off all the, the... Burns a couple of weeks. We're not allowed really to carry it over anymore. Exactly. So, so right, and I'm, I'm happy to do the shows, and I usually uh, you know, muscle my way through them. But the problem becomes here at least, so you have nothing to give away because you, they, people just don't prize during those two weeks. Yeah. So you don't have any prizes. Guests are hard to get. Yeah, I was going to say, guests must be almost impossible. Almost impossible. Yeah. And so you get what you can get. And we've had some great guests. Linda, or Linda, Trish Kindleman has done such a great job of getting guests nice. these days. Yeah. But it's hard. And a lot of them don't get back to you because they're literally not, no, they're not checking around. their email, they're not yeah. doing anything, right? We had a guy, we were going to get a doctor from the University of Toronto really well-respected doctor to talk about detox diets. Mm -hmm. I did so much research into detox diets because I honestly didn't know what they were. And was so excited. And then we find out this guy's in Japan until January 15th. (laughs) And he's not doing phone. Right. And we're not paying for it. So... I know a lot about detox, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Good time of year to do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the fact that other people are on vacation, not just the people you hear or see, but the people behind the scenes, then you're, you've got fill-in people, and so it becomes a little more, you're yeah. doing a job that you don't normally do, right. or more of a job, and you've got people who don't normally work with you. And yeah. it so also gives the younger people in my business yes. a chance to come in and anchor a 6 o'clock show when they maybe wouldn't 
you know, normally, and then they yeah. also get to introduce themselves to a new audience. So I remember that when I was when I started in this business, it was uh, CBC Radio, and it, it was we couldn't find anybody. So like you said, I, I worked on an afternoon drive show. You couldn't find anybody to interview. No, right? at and this every, time of year. At this time yeah. of year, and I remember the best you could do was try to get creative. I remember I remember this guy's name. His name was Joe Reiferscheid. This is th over 30 years ago, and Joe Reiferscheid had come up with a way to get rid of the skunks in the town hall in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. <laughs> nice. Uh, but the way he did it was he took the tractor, the county tractor, I shouldn't say, yeah, it'd be the county tractor, the town tractor, and he'd, he'd put a... He put a pipe up on the exhaust, tape, duct taped all the windows in the town hall up, made sure everybody was out. This is where they had bands and yep. Christmas parties. And so I got old Joe Reiferscheid, who's about 92 on, and I said, well, how did you get rid of these skunks? He goes, I just gassed them to death. <laughs> back up the tractor, and I went for 15 minutes with that, you know, just after Christmas. That's yeah. a nice, pleasant Christmas yeah. holiday story. You just go pick them up. And then, yeah, yeah, it was great. That's how you make uh, was good radio, I thought, anyway. <laughs> yeah. You can't get the premier, Grant Devine, on it. Exactly. He was there at the time. But. See, that's just... A, it's funny because I was thinking on the way here today that this is one of my last opportunities for a while to talk to you just one on one. Yeah. Because and not that it's always great with Jay's here, but I thought I really wanted to talk about your early days, uh, and I thought I don't know how to get there, but you just got us there. Oh, good. Because I asked you off air before we went on air if you're still, you know, the band's still playing and you're still. Yeah, yeah we've got a band in the wings that go. We played Rock Fest, and there's something coming up in the. So in let the me spring. ask you a question, Gord. Too often, yeah. If you could make. And I, you know, this is probably unfair. If you could make as much or more money playing with the band, yeah, then you and with all the benefits and everything else, everything else was equal to television. Mm -hmm. Would you walk away from television and just do the band? No, because you see, I did the band for seven years and made no money, but had a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, we recorded a record and we toured. We had a lot of fun, but I'm too old. The lifestyle. To do that, every night we're in a different hotel, or mm -hmm. else we'd be in a hotel for a week from Wawa. The next time you're in Hamilton, right? And you're at a, and you got a matinee to play on on Saturdays. I'll never forget standing oh, up matinees. at the running pump in Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> I would have been about 22, 23 years old, standing on stage. Places packed with bikers and, and everything, mm -hmm. and we're just having a. It's a, right. I think it was King Street. It was called in Hamilton, and it was just one of the regular gigs we did, like you do with your club gigs. Yep. I'm sure you go back to the same places. Yep. I'm standing up there singing, you know, under my thumb for the for the millionth time, <laughs> and brown sugar, whatever. Right? Oh, that's classic. It's a classic, yeah. and that's what you do when you're, mm -hmm. when you're out there playing. You got Back then, you you know, you know, wanted to tour the record, but if you're playing, you get a gig that you're in a nightclub, you got to play cover tunes. Sure, so of course. People know. But I just remember standing there, and I, and I couldn't figure out. I was having trouble uh, just breathing. I never had trouble singing, but I had trouble breathing. And I realized it's because the fan, everybody smoked in the, yeah. in the nightclub, and the fan was right behind the drummer's head. <laughs> so it was sucking all the smoke out of the nightclub. So just to give you an idea of how unhealthy a lifestyle Oh, absolutely. Is. I know they don't smoke in bars anymore, but it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I, I have, You don't eat well, you don't sleep well, No, you I, don't exercise. No, I like to go out and play the occasional gig where you do maybe an hour show. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you're done. You say, thank that was a lot of fun. I don't, yeah. We're doing like four sets, like six nights a week, and then one on, on and bands are still doing that, which is fantastic. You know, I saw a comedian on, I think it was Letterman, yeah. years ago, and I'm not, I'm not even sure I was a comedian then. I, I probably was. And it sort of, for me, epitomized stand-up comedy. Life in the trenches. Yeah, so he gets on Letterman, which is a great place to be, and mm. I wish I could remember well, who no the comedian kidding. was. So he walks out there and does his first joke to nothing. Like, he just throws it out there, it's quite clever, doesn't get the response, right? And then he sort of looks at the crowd and he goes, ah, oh, geez, sorry. He goes, let me uh, 
plaster on this fake smile and plow through this crap one more time. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, and then he did, then he kills from that point on. And he I thought, oh my in god, the palm of his hands. Yeah, exactly. And it was like you have no idea how honest that actually was. Yeah. Because you know, it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. Repetition. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. The repetition gets to the you. Repetition too. does get to you. People want to hear your classic songs or your classic yep. bits. You want to play your new. But material. they want to hear your new stuff it's too. The, yeah. Well, you're trying to get a song on the radio. You're you're really trying to get this record going, and so you're allowed to play maybe I don't know eight or nine. Uh, you know, you pepper them throughout the set. Yeah. If you're doing a club, if you're doing a, a warm-up act, like we'd, we'd warmed up for Black Sabbath, I think, in Sudbury, and we used to travel with a band called Teenage Head. Teenage, they were doing, okay. they would do a few rockabilly kind of mm -hmm. covers, and we were allowed then to do our originals, like to open up. But then, next week, oh, you're back in uh, London, Ontario, playing, <laughs> playing a Friar Tux. You know, we want to hear, uh, you know, some, some credence. Yeah, and here's, the, I was going to say earlier, that making money or getting to the point where you're making money at entertainment it's hard yeah. It, yeah it's it's hard and it's both a blessing and a curse because the more people pay you the more they have expectations as to what that show is going to look like and so they want to hear their they want to hear certain songs yeah. and in your case they want to hear certain bits in mind yeah. or there'll be some restriction that you're just this is where the two worlds don't meet yeah uh, because if you if you hire a band you're bound to ask um what kind of music do they play? Absolutely. Like, are they country, pop? Yeah. What are they, right? Rock? Yeah. And when you hire a comedian, they often don't ask. So you get there and they go, yeah, listen, uh, we'd really like it if you didn't do any relationship material. You know, like, uh, yeah. that's my whole act. And they're trying to tell you how to, how to shape and form your, your set. Exactly. Well, you might you, brought, you, you remind me of something about repetition. Is that, like, on the band bus back in the 70s and 80s, we always used to listen to Steve Martin. Because, yes. you know, we never heard a lot of... You yeah. know, we had Richard Pryor and, and guys like that. But Steve Martin really got our generation. Mm -hmm. we, I was on... We learned all those bits, you know, rambling guy. Yes, on oh, I know. Apostrophe. It was so so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's still there. Yeah, but I understand he got out of comedy because he got tired of the repetition. Yeah, a lot too. And he yeah. still to this day, I don't think will go back and do. You know, I'm so mad at my mother, and he'll do those jokes. Yeah, you know, and I, I find with comedians who've been around a long time and. It doesn't matter their level of success or fame, but just been around a long time. Like, I've been around almost 30 years. Yeah. And what you find is you go to, say I go out to Toronto to do something, and somebody will come up and say, oh, do the, um, the bit about uh, quitting smoking. And I'll be like... Because they heard it maybe five years ago. Yeah, they might have seen it in a rerun somewhere, yeah. you know, syndicated or... Just for laps or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. And you go, how does it go? And and I don't remember. And they'll they'll like hit the they'll high points for you. Yeah, it. and you'll be like, well, oh, you yeah. should get up there and do it. Like yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to take a break here before we run out of time. So let's get uh, the first break. Brendan, <laughs> are you double dutying it? Yeah, I uh, you, you I just was... got off the air with Oilers now. What? And now he's running the board. Now he's for, running. For yeah, us. running the show. See, this uh, is what you're talking about before. This, exactly. These are, this is a holiday scheduling. I was running the board while doing the show, and now I'm taking over <laughs> for the afternoon as well. So that's what kind of uh, kind awesome. of week it's been for me. This is why my theory holds water. Yeah. That people, everybody, the, it's like a race to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's like a, musical chairs. Like who can get their vacation approved quick enough? Yeah. Because we're on the air. Yeah, because the rest of us get left uh, holding the bag. <laughs> you know, well, we could have easily, Gord, kept you for an hour and swapped stories. But I wanted to tell you about Tramping Lake. Because we were talking about, you know, as your career progresses yep. and, and, you know, whatever. So when, what did you say? Tramping? Tramping Lake. Tramping. Where is Tramp, that? It's in Saskatchewan. Okay. I, funny, I'm from Saskatchewan. I haven't heard of it. It's that. pretty small. Yeah. So one of the first gigs I did in, like, the first year of headlining, so it would have been 20-some years ago, was Tramping Lake. And it was 
it was a great gig. Really enjoyed it. It was uh, like a campground kind of thing, but there's cottage country all around yeah. it. And a lot of NHL players have cottages there. Yeah. So this crowd was like speckled with NHL guys. So are you outside? No, the they had a, they had a, no, they had uh, like a building that was their store where you checked in. And then in the back was sort of a, a space that could be used as a bar. Entertainers. To, yeah. yeah. And, you know, okay. I, I, I still remember the guy walked out to start the show. And he and I was, you know, I was with the opener, and he was nervous. And but the place was packed; it had a great vibe to it. Like everyone was, in, you know, stoked that this show was going to take place. And I go, "Hey, oh, does that stage light up?" Like, oh, he goes, "Yeah, thanks for reminding me." And he walks out and screws in a light bulb. Like he just, <laughs> yeah, and it makes that noise like. Yeah. He taps it and it comes on, and then oh, here's your first comedian. So, so that's that was your intro, here's right? Your first comedian, and and we have a great show, like just crush this place, right? So now, 15, 16 years goes by, and an agent phones up, not my agent, but an agent, and says, "Listen, you you did a show in Tramping Lake, Saskatchewan, like 15 years ago," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," and you killed him. Yeah, and he was like, "You know what? They've been trying to get you back ever since, and they don't have a big budget." And I think Tramping Lake, I want to say it's like seven hours or eight hours away driving, right? Yeah. It was a Saturday night, and they said, "You know, they've they've tried comedy." since then over the years and it's never been like that night right so they don't have a big budget but they were wondering if you wanted to pay back some of these gigs that gave you a start yeah and go to tramping lake and do and i think it paid 300 bucks which is probably the money for gas right and i was like you know what yeah because you got to always be filling a tr uh, up your that's karma right. bank right pay it back too that's right yeah and and i so i drive out to tramping <laughs> lake right and I go to the, the same building, the same stage. Same everything's, light bulb. Everything's the same. Yeah, I don't think they've changed the light bulb. And the owner of uh, or manager of Tramping Lake, whatever it is, comes up to me and he goes, wow. And I'm waiting for, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was going to be a thank you so much. I cannot believe yeah. that you did this for Like, that's yeah. the, I, what I... And, and it would be like the intro would be like, would you please welcome back? Can you believe? After yeah, by popular... Years. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the whole scenario played out in my mind during the eight-hour drive. When I get there, he walks up to me and goes, huh. You know, when your agent phoned and said uh, you were coming to Trampoline Lake, he goes, uh, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he goes, yeah, because we've had a lot of the big comics come through here a long time ago, you know, and he starts naming them off, Derek Edwards and Mike Wilmot and Johnny Johnson and Dave Mary. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, those are all great guys. And he's yeah. like, yeah. He goes... All of them have made it, and here you are still in Tramping Lake. You're still coming back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what oh, the no. what? <laughs> I almost wanted to leave. Take your 300 bucks. Oh, yeah, really? You Thanks get up there and tell that. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh. that's how the intro went, too. He got up yeah. there. He's like, hey, we had this guy like 15 years ago. Apparently, he still needs work. Or, yeah. You know, like, oh. He's still trying to make it. Oh, you remember those kind of gigs? I remember yep. we played one in uh, the band I was in. It was called Inner City Band, and we'd... Uh, like, we were, we were flogging a record, like I'd mentioned. We played Chelmsford, all the hot spots, Sudbury. And Elliott Lake was a tough mining town back mm. then. We just killed them there. They had these beautiful old hotels, the railway hotels. Yeah. And they usually had big ballrooms. That's right. So we would go in and just set up our full show and just let them have it. And they, they were ready to rock. They loved it. Yeah. But I remember then after we did a couple of those shows, the, the booking agent said, well, you're up in the north of Ontario. Can you just play this gig in Sudbury? It'll be fine. It's like the blind pig. So the, the blind pig the sounds good. The Holiday Inn yep. all had these blind pigs. Well, yep. right as soon as we didn't know where we were going, with Chelmsford, you go, we went through um, Sudbury. So, okay, fine, we'll do that. Paid well. But we get in there, and, yeah, and it was the blind pig at the bottom of a Holiday Inn. They used to be quite 
But the trouble is, they're a cabaret lounge. It's That's where guys right. go in, you know, the miners go yeah. in to take their, their, their girlfriends and yep. wives and have a nice romantic evening. Sometimes at the same time. They don't want to hear three-chord heavy metal no. rock and roll, right, <laughs> with a bunch of long hairs in there, right, all in leather. They don't. So we get in, and the drummer went, oh, boy, you guys, uh, we're, we were just a trio back then. And he, and he said, oh, we're, we're, we're in trouble. They, we're not playing Paranoid or Black Sabbath or our, or our stuff. So we had to learn an entire night's worth of Beatles tunes because the, the the manager was a, was a huge deal. <laughs> so to, to take guys like us, and then you're you're learning, you know, love me do, and she yep. loves get you, you know, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a uh, the guitar player in the band at least he had a musical, he was much farther yeah. ahead than I was musically, so he was able to teach us. But you know, those are hard harmonies. Oh but yeah, we did it, and uh, I've never listened to another Beatles song. How again. did it go over? It went over good. Really? It went quite, yeah, these guys were quite, the guys that were playing were quite comical. Yeah. So they one, one guy put on a red suit, and I put on a suit jacket and tied my hair back, and the drummer, <laughs> he put on a, so we just looked different. Yeah. I think we even had to call ourselves another name, but we became a, like a Beatles tribute band. With like the Bottles or something like something that. Something like yeah. that, exactly. So. It is funny, I love these conversations, honestly, when you start thinking back and swapping, you know, yeah, you road think it's gigs. All, yeah, glamorous, and you're gonna. Yeah, be a it's rock not glamorous star. at all, right? No, it's not at all. The uh, Black Nugget Inn in Sparwood, uh, BC, which is the home of the world's largest truck. Yeah, I've been through Spar. I know where you are. Yeah. You're down in the Crow's Nest Pass. That's area right, by Fernie. So they used to have uh, one of the worst one-nighters in the world at the Black <laughs> Nugget Inn, and and everyone warned you, like, oh, this is horrible. Like you, you just you've never seen anything quite like this, yeah. right? Uh, and they said, don't be fooled by how it looks. I remember being told that. So the first time I did the Black Nugget Inn in Sparwood, B.C., and I walk in, and the room holds maybe three, 400 people, and it's packed. Hmm. And there's an energy level. You know what it's like. You yeah. walk in, and you're like, oh, there's you good energy in here. Yeah. And I look at the stage, and it's a professional stage in the middle of the room with great sight lines and a professional lighting rack. Yeah. You're like, okay. Wow. Yeah. And there's a guy up there, and he's making an announcement. The comedy's going to start in like half an hour. And it's crystal clear sound. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know what everyone else is talking about because yep. this thing is perfect, yep. right? And then the manager comes up. He's listening. And we're supposed to do 45 minutes. I'm supposed to do 45. He goes, listen, if you can get to 30, that'd be great. I'm like, well, I'll do the what whole do 45. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, no one's ever gotten to 45. And Why? Like, what's the crowd? Do? I'd be yeah, nervous. I, I know. I'm like, well, well, what's the problem? I go, they don't like comedy because they love comedy. I'm like, they love it so much. Yeah. Exactly. There's an end to that particular sentence. So the guy comes up, hey, it's time for comedy. And everyone's, yeah, crowd, you know, crowd cheers. Yeah. And here's your comedian, Andrew Gross. And I get on, and the place goes deathly quiet. Like, there's no glasses moving. There's no move. There's no. It was like they were a wax museum. Like, just. What? I don't. It's the weirdest thing. Nobody commented, laughed, breathed, breathed. I mean, they didn't make a noise. And I'm like, hey, blah, 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 and nothing. And, geez, at 30, like, I look down thinking, gee, i got to be at an hour, what, an hour and a half, two, two hours at this point? I look down, oh, 20 minutes. So I, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I just keep going and going and going. And I get to, like, 40 minutes or something like that. And well, what's going on? I have no idea. And I say goodnight. And then the place comes to life again. Like, it's like a magic act. Like, there's suddenly a bar again. So they're, they're just hanging on every word. Analyzing guess, your bits? Like, they weren't not listening or yeah. looking. They just, 
no reaction. And I'm a pool of sweat at this point. Like, I, I just, my, I could... You're doing a marathon. Yeah, I could take my boots off and fill up a pitcher, you know. Yeah. And I, I get off the stage, and the manager comes over, and I see him beelining for me. And you I'm think, like, I'm not even going to get paid. Exactly. I bombed. Which everybody thinks, right? Yeah. Every entertainer's yeah. like, I wonder if I'm still getting paid. And he walks up, and he goes, man. I'm like, I know. And he goes, <laughs> It's probably the best show we've ever had. <laughs> what the? Well, what's a bad show look wow. like? Wow. Yeah, know. really. Isn't that something? So I've no never been back. reason for that? No. No. And I do know this. Uh, one guy as I was leaving for the parking lot came up to me and said, listen, you're pretty good, but if you considered going into mining, I remember this conversation. And I was like, not really. And he was like, you get a new pair of boots every year. Yeah. I'm like, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. This comedy thing doesn't work hat. out. Yeah. Boy, the stories you could tell if uh, yeah. only the microphone wasn't on. Exactly. Isn't it something? Yeah. You, yeah. You bring back a lot of memories. We had a similar experience, played the Flin Flon Hotel. Mm. Love it already. Always was good. I think they booked you in for maybe two weeks. So you got you got two weeks. And I loved the people up there were fantastic. Starved for entertainment. And they yeah. wanted, but same idea. They were, we walked into the, walked into the club to play and they were lined up around the block. And so you walk past all these people, and now we're getting a little yeah. nervous. Like, they thought, you know, you're, you're the Rolling Stones or something. Yeah, walk in and you think great. you're going to have the greatest experience. And you get one little yeah. bit of applause, and, <laughs> and then by, you have to win them over a bit, yeah. and then halfway through. We call that the putting clap. Right. You know? And they're, they're, they're very apprehensive. We're not sure if we mm. like this or not, but by the end of the week, it was, it was a ton of fun. You know what the key is? Uh, why am I telling you? You're more of a veteran than I am. The key is uh, don't panic. Right. Just keep going. Take a deep breath. Especially in a small room, because that's fewer witnesses to this yeah. train accident. You know, take occurred. it back. Let's go on the road. I'm, I'll do it. I got my bases ready to rock. We're going to uh, take a break for news headlines. Gore, thanks for coming in again. That was nice a lot of fun. You. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Coming up after the break, I'm going to have Senator Paula Simons on the uh, show. Should be an interesting conversation. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.